I'm Kathleen Durkin of Columbia's Zuckerman Institute. And I'm Devin Powell of the Zuckerman Institute. Welcome to Lab in the Time of Coronavirus. This podcast follows the lives of brain scientists who are pivoting to combat COVID-19 in this time of crisis. How have you been responding to the pandemic, Devin? Well, we've been dragging the uh, keyboard out onto the porch uh, every day to play for the neighborhood. Uh, We're having a neighborhood sing-along. People open up their windows. They sing along. Uh, We're really kind of trying to keep everyone's spirits up out here in in San Francisco. Um, How about you? What's the view from New York? It's scary, to be honest. I avoid hospitals. I avoid the subway. I spend a lot of time sanitizing my doorknobs and trying to keep busy. I had some extra time, so I started this podcast with you. Yeah, today we're going to be looking at a group of young researchers at Columbia's medical campus and at the Zuckerman Institute who wanted to do something about the pandemic. So they started organizing. Like a lot of amazing grassroots efforts, it began small with one person and grew into a movement fueled by hundreds of people in the Columbia community. They're supporting COVID-19 related projects across the university, from testing healthcare workers to hosting symposia that fostered new scientific collaborations. So before we get to all of those projects, let's meet Alvaro. He's a young researcher who had a very personal response to the current pandemic and lit the match that started this 24-7, all-hands-on-deck operation. Being a member of the LGBT community, uh, when I heard the word pandemic, this gave me goosebumps. I grew up during the 80s, and uh, the AIDS uh, crisis was happening. So this hit close to home, and uh, I felt like I needed to do something. My name is Alvaro Cuesta Dominguez. I am an associate research scientist in uh, Stavrula Kustenis lab in the physiology department. As a researcher who studied leukemia and other diseases, Alvaro has developed a specialized skill set. I did my my first um, postdoc here in New York in, in Mount Sinai, where I was also doing HIV research. So I know what pandemics are and I know how, how much people suffer. So... I really wanted to help. And this desire to help led Alvaro to found Columbia Researchers Against COVID-19. The acronym is CRACK, which turned out to be a great moniker for this group. It's a crack team led by volunteer postdocs. CRACK started on March 18th. At that time, uh, the pandemic was hitting very hard in, in Europe. And I am from Spain, so I was really monitoring what was going on there. And uh, at, at that time also the World Health Organization was calling for, uh, for expanding testing in the population. I felt like I could do something because uh, testing uh, relies on a molecular biology technique that uh, it is widely used across the world. My plan was to develop a, a database of researchers that were, that were willing to volunteer, but I I, I was not thinking of building up an organization like this. I could have, I would have never uh, imagined something like this. Right now, I believe that we are over 700 members. One of the first people to respond was a postdoc at Columbia's Zuckerman Institute, a researcher who usually spends her days analyzing complex data sets to understand how animals make decisions. Postdoc is short for postdoctoral researcher. Postdocs are early career researchers, usually in their first or second jobs after getting their doctorate. 
I'm Natalie Steinemann. I'm an, a postdoc in the Shatland lab. Our lab had started to ramp down. I was at home suddenly, and I just couldn't look away from the rising numbers. So when on that Sunday night, I saw the email that just said, postdocs relief for COVID, urgent help needed, I was like, yes. And so that is how I became Crack's first project manager where my main qualification was that I replied the fastest. Now I don't manage my own projects anymore. I'm what we call the chief project manager. Crack doesn't create projects. Instead, it supports needs that have been identified across Columbia University. And so the goals of the organization are to interface with existing Columbia administration experts and basically serve as a matching service. That's Ken Olive, associate professor in the Department of Medicine and one of CRAC's faculty advisors. Under normal operating circumstances, there are all these different units around Columbia that have uh, one or two or three individuals who carry out a function and that's suitable to normal operating needs. But then in the context of a pandemic, the, the, the whole deck gets shuffled and now uh, they really have a job that's 10 times as big and they still have the same number of staff and then meanwhile, there's all these groups of really smart, really motivated individuals who are not able to go into their laboratories or do their, do, do their kind of daily um, science. And so uh, the question is, can we match those different groups of, of, of individuals? Project uh, ideas came floating in from needs that different uh, faculty members or departments had communicated to us. At the moment, I believe we're running something between nine and 12 projects. And to respond to new requests quickly, the postdocs built out an entire organizational structure and started recruiting. They brought in team leaders to manage each project and other staff members for other needs, like their new social media manager, Chiara. My name is Chiara Bertipaglia. I am the scientific program manager at the Zuckerman Institute. I've recently joined CRAC as social media manager. Despite not necessarily having acquired managerial skills by formal training, um, these researchers are doing what they are great at. They are mastering skills quickly and directly on the field, and they are optimizing processes. So imagine like you have a COVID-related project and you need a couple of volunteers with very specific skills. By simply inputting a request uh, in the CRAC submission form, then you have a team of people that can take care of that for you. Crack will contact you and will give you the names of volunteers that can do that can help you do that job. The speed at which Crack is able to just help um, establish and sustain new COVID-19 related projects is just really fascinating. One of the first problems the team tackled was helping the board that reviews clinical trials for drugs the Institutional Review Board, or IRB, to keep track of which trials could continue in the midst of the pandemic and which trials needed to be put on pause. It wasn't certain anymore which of these 6,000 clinical trials needed to be changed, which needed to be halted. Then there's the team that swoops in to help keep labs running with skeleton crews going when something goes wrong. So we have a rapid response team that's just going to be there as soon as a, as a problem arises. There is a symposium that brings together researchers from diverse backgrounds studying COVID-19 and the efforts to test healthcare workers 
and even to fold protective equipment, uniforms, and linens at the hospital. Our volunteers are helping in the linen department with scrubs. There's suddenly such an increased uh, need for scrubs as well as just bed linen that they don't have enough employees. And then what I think is our most successful project is uh, helping at the COVID biobank. Run out of Dr. Eldad Hod's lab at Columbia University Irving Medical Center, the biobank collects and stores thousands of samples from COVID-19 patients. There are a lot of different kinds of samples in the biobank. There are those nose swabs that you might have seen people getting on TV. There are also different kinds of blood samples. From his own research, Alvaro has a lot of experience working on samples like these. And he knows how important it is that researchers have access to such samples so that they can better understand what's happening inside people who have been exposed to COVID-19. Our motto in the biobank is that no tube gets thrown to the trash. The idea is that we will be collecting samples as, for as long as this is going on. These samples will, will help answer many, many questions that we still don't know about the virus. So, for example, you could do longitudinal studies to uh, track the viral load in the samples and determine when a patient is contagious and when it is not contagious. You could study what is the effect of the virus in patients that, that have this kind of disease or this other kind of disease. Also, collecting these samples uh, can enable research on, on the pro-inflammatory response that is uh, one of the reasons why the disease is so, so severe. Both numbers and the experience over the last days uh, tells us that we already peaked uh, a few days ago, and we are seeing that there's a decrease in the volume of samples that we receive. And uh, um, yeah, this is, this is a very good thing, uh, something that keeps us uh, hoping. This 24-7 approach to starting and running crack has made the team members very close in a very short time. I remember during one of the meetings, um, I think when we when we introduced a new group or we're just introducing a couple of new team members, and we kept talking about Ken because like we talked about this to Ken, we talked about that to Ken. Ken is Ken Olive, the faculty advisor we met earlier. And the person was just like, oh, yeah, you've obviously worked with him before all of this started. We're like, no, we've known each other for a week. <laughs> but, you know, like. If you get to a stage where you're happy to call someone at 10.30 at night just because you need something or, you know, we've never met each other or most of us never have, but there's still all of these different questions and problems to work through together, like at least on an organizational level, that has brought us very close together. It's just a bunch of uh, very committed people, super motivated, coming together and working in solidarity. Everyone feels a little bit better in these times where uh, not everyone can feel good. My favorite moments are those moments when I get to witness the ferment and enthusiasm of all the crack team members. I think maybe the, the clearest example of this was when the request for volunteers um, to work at the hospital came in. I think it was already an evening time, you know, a day in the middle of the week. And we, we, have, we use a Slack channel where we are in contact with each other and there were hundreds of messages over, you know, like a period of three hours in the middle of the night where people were just 
figuring out logistics and details and getting organized. Yeah, it was incredible to see how people are committed, dedicated, and, and want to help, like genuinely want to help and make the difference. Thanks for listening to Lab in the Time of Coronavirus. Take a look at the show notes for links to all of the things we discussed. You can find all of our episodes at zuckermaninstitute.columbia.edu or on iTunes. Take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes. That makes it easier for other people to find us. And if you'd like to learn more about the crack team we interviewed today and their projects, check out their website at columbiacovid.weebly.com. Special thanks to Rui Costa, Jennifer Ferris, everyone who sat down with us for this episode, and the entire Zuckerman team. The music was provided, as usual, by Miguel Zanon, jazz artist-in-residence at the Zuckerman Institute. If you have any thoughts or any questions, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ZuckermanBrain. But before we go, Kathleen, I think you had one last question for our especially international group of researchers today from Germany, from Italy, from Spain. What's the first thing you plan to do post-pandemic? Take an airplane. Take a flight. International travel. To Rome in Italy. To Madrid. I'm from Germany. I want to go home. And go see my family. And go see my mom and my friends. And uh, uh, I have a relative that uh, went through this and he was in the hospital. So I, 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 I really need to, to be with the loved ones. I need, yeah, I need to go home. <laughs>